Praise God. I love our worship team, don't you? Man, appreciate them. And always prepared to lead us into the presence of the Lord. And uh, we're thankful for that. Miss Tracy's got her bell bottoms on today. I got my corduroy jacket out, 1970. And uh, one thing I found out, if your wardrobe goes out of style, never throw it away. It'll come back around. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I need to stop and get in the word. First Samuel chapter 14, I want to look at verses 1 through 6 today. First Samuel 14, 1 through 6. And now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistine garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of uh, Gibeah under the pomegranate tree. And the people who were with him were 600 men. Adoniah, the son of uh, Hatub, and Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, and the son of Eli, and the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing the ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. In verse 4, but when they passed by which by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side, and the name of the place was Boaz, and the name of the other Sinai, Sinai. And the front of the one face northward opposite, and the other southward opposite, and then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart, and I will be with you. Amen. This is probably... I, though I love all of the word of the Lord, is probably one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible uh, of Jonathan and his armor bearer and how that he has this uh, unique and even desirable relationship to where the uncertainty of the future is there but they are so connected in their heart, they're willing to face whatever the future brings together. Have you ever done something in your life you just wasn't sure how it was gonna turn out? You just didn't know if it was going to work. You just said, well, what I'm doing isn't working, so I'm gonna try to do something else, right? I know some, you know, they're so spiritual that God shows up every morning and gives them direct, specific instructions step by step on how to live their life and, 
and what they are to do and the directions that they are to have. And, and I hope to someday get there. Uh, but there is nothing left up to chance if you listen to some people. And this is what many would like for us to believe. The problem with that is, is the Bible says that the Christian walk is a walk of faith. Meaning that this faith walk is an uncertainty. It's something that faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. If you can see it, then there's no faith involved. You don't have to have it because there, you know the outcome is certain. Amen. And we, we act all religious sometimes and we and the world looks at us and they, they look at us and they think that we've got it all together and, and we've got this, this all worked out. And because of that, they can't relate to us and they say we can never be like they are because there's something extraordinary and 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 because of that they never try or accept the faith walk that you and I are in so what is faith we can use scripture to say faith is the substance of things hoped for right the evidence of things not seen. When you boil it all down, uh, what it means is that we are taking a calculated risk. Right? You know how faithful God has been. We sung about that quite a bit here this morning, didn't we? We know how faithful God has been in our past. We are, we are not 100% sure of the future, but we can take a calculated risk that God is going to show up in my circumstance, that I can believe his promises, that I know that he is faithful. And, and so sometimes I just have to take a faith walk. I have to take a risk, if you will, knowing that God is going to work on my behalf. I don't know the outcome. I don't know how exactly it's going to turn out, but I do know God's faithful. I do know that he honors his word and he performs it. Amen. And so in our text, we see that Saul is king and there's a, they're in a roof and they are in a, a, a place in life where they, they, nobody in the, uh, in the nation was allowed to have a sword except for the king and this man, Jonathan. King Saul and Jonathan are the only ones that are allowed to have swords during this time. They even shut the blacksmith down and the blacksmith was not allowed to work because that's where the swords were coming from. And so Saul is forced, uh, focused, and he was down now to these 600 men and they were afraid. Fear had filled the hearts of all of these men. And the Philistines were in the mountains and the Jews were in the valley. And Israel had found themselves in this low place. Dealing with a superior of high force of a, a people that were against them. And now not only were they superior, not only were they outnumbered, but they were also in a better position. That you don't have to be a, a military strategist to figure out that if somebody is stronger, somebody is more, has more numbers than you do, and they have the positive position or a greater position, that is a recipe for defeat. Have you ever been there? 
where you were facing enemies that it felt like they were stronger than you. Like they had, right? Jonathan surveys the situation and he decides that he would step out and he would just say, well, I'm just going to do something for God. I'm just going to take a risk. I'm going to decide to try to do something different than I've always done before. This isn't working what I'm doing right now. So I'm just going to go over there and see what God will do. Hallelujah. I don't know, but even as a young man in all of my life, this story stirs in my heart because sometimes I know that, that as I said, uh, some folks, are, they got it all figured out, but there's been times in my life whenever I got that in my spirit and I said, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I'm just going to try it. I'm going to do something. Sometimes in my prayer life, I pray and I seek God about things and, and I don't seem to get perfect direction on it. And, and my prayer sounds something like this. God, I'm getting ready to do something and if it's not right, you better stop me. <laughs> because what I'm doing right now, sure enough, isn't working. And I need to have a shift. I need to have something. And so just maybe God, Excuse me, just maybe God will work in this situation. And he looks at his life and he says, I don't know what's going to happen, but I refuse to be held under the thumb of these Philistines any longer. I refuse to live my life the way I've been living it and I'd rather step out on nothing and trust God to do something than I would to live the rest of my life like I'm living it right now. If you have ever gone uh, to, to do anything of great value for God, if you've ever tried to make a, a significant shift or a change in your life, you're going to have to come to a place where that it's going to take faith for you to get up and to move from from where you are to where you want to. You got to get fed up. You got to get sick and tired of where you are. And it is in that that will stir something in your heart to say, I'm not going to stay here any longer. I'm going to see what God will do for me if I'll just get up and do something. Amen. God doesn't need an army. God doesn't need the best location. Jonathan got a revelation of God that showed him that God doesn't save by few or by many. In other words, it isn't the number that is with you. It is the will of God. It's the plan of God. And he came to the realization that nothing restrains the Lord. Amen. Restrain means to limit or to hinder. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now, how impossible things may seem in your life. Just get a revelation and an understanding that nothing can limit God from doing what he wants to do in your life. Nothing can hinder God from fulfilling his word over your life. Glory to God. With God. On your side, it doesn't matter who's against you because he's for you. Amen. I've come to talk to someone who hasn't got it figured out. Someone who is in the midst of a struggle. Somebody who is in between a rock and a hard place and you're wondering, what should I do? You see, you will either live your life based on your situation or you will get a revelation. 
I'm going to say that again. You will ever either live your life based on your situation behind this rock and us hard place because the circumstances are going to dictate to you who you are, where you are, what you will be, and where you will live and how you will live your life. Or you will get a revelation like Jonathan did, if by few or by many. He said, I only have 600 and I know there's thousands of Philistines, but I just believe that by few or by many that God is able to do his work in my life. And there's got to be a revelation. There's got to be a word illuminated in your heart. There's got to be the Zoe word of God that comes alive inside of you. That's quick and sharp and more than a two-edged sword. And it can cut the, uh, the situation in two. And you see, a revelation of who he is and how powerful that he is and that you can trust him right and so you you decide that I'm going I've got this revelation and I'm going to make a decision not based upon the situation I'm going to make a decision based upon a revelation and what I'm facing what I'm dealing with right now has to give to the word of God the promise of God and what he wants to do in my life you can decide to make your decision based on what you're facing and dealing with, or you can get a revelation through his word. And your situation about God is greater than the situation that is in your life. Revelation is what God is that God is bigger than all of your problems. Do we still believe that? Do we still believe that God is bigger than every circumstance and every situation, that he's still more than enough than what we need? My destiny is sure. God is ordering my steps. And Jonathan says that, that he had to get fed up with his situation before he got a revelation. Until we get fed up with our situation, we'll never get a revelation of how big God really is. Because if you're not going to go anywhere, if you're not going to do anything, then you, then you just, the situation is going to dictate to you who you are. Jonathan had to deal with that fact. He was outmanned. He was outarmed. He was in a bad place. But he made up his mind that I'm not going to live another day under the thumb of this enemy. Glory to God. Sometimes you've got to have that kind of determination. Sometimes you've got to get that fed up with your circumstance, your situation, until you say, bless God, by his grace, I'm not living another day like this. Right? Jehovah is my God. I'm going to put my faith in him. And, and, and maybe he'll open a door. Maybe he'll turn the night into day. Maybe he'll cause the sun to stand still. I don't know what he'll do. But just maybe he will. But, but I'm not going to live another day like this. Right? Maybe he'll send me help. Maybe he'll give me favor with somebody. He said, I don't know what is going to happen, but I trust God. I know that my steps are ordered of him, and I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm tired of this situation, and so I'm going to start stepping out, and I'm going to believe God. Amen? In hard times, you, if you are not careful, we'll begin to believe that God doesn't do what he said he was going to do. 
in hard times if we're not careful we'll we'll create our own theology about how God is able to do and what he's able to do but we've got to trust his word no matter the circumstance no matter the situation Jonathan is his arm his armor bear are together they're knitted in heart and they decide that they're going to confront the enemy you will never control what you refuse to confront You will never control what you refuse to confront. Whatever it is in your life that is trying to control you, if you don't confront it, I'm talking about bad behavior, bad attitudes, right? Addictions, destructive cycles, family issues, Whatever you want to talk about, you will be controlled with it every day of your life until you decide, I'm going to confront it. I'm going to deal with this. And Jonathan sneaks out of the camp at night. Doesn't even tell his own dad. I don't think that that was a rebellious spirit. I think he knew his dad would talk down about it. That's what I think. And you can't share your plans with everybody. Because some people are dream killers. Huh? Some people are dream killers. You got to be careful who you tell your intimate dreams, the most desire of your heart. You got to be careful who you share them with. Because there will be some people that will try to steal it before you ever get started. They'll try to kill it before you can ever begin to see it come to pass. And they will not encourage you. They will drain you. They will zap the faith out of you that you need. You've got to keep that and you've got to guard and protect those dreams and only share Share them with people that you're confident will encourage you and strengthen you and speak faith into your life and say, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but I believe that God will show up and he will do exactly what is in your heart. Some people are more comfortable with you being down than they are with you stepping out. Because if you step out and you succeed, you just took away their excuse. Amen. You just took away their excuse from being lazy. You just took their excuse away from not being able to overcome the same thing you're dealing. You just took away their excuse from, from being in the place of apathy and complacency because you dared to step out and believe God to do something that you had never seen him do before, but you dared to believe his word. You dared to believe his promises. And you said, I just like Jonathan, I, I'm just going to go see what he'll do. Jonathan's armor bearer was with him. His armor bearer doesn't even have a sword. Right? In those days, you didn't get a sword until you carried someone else's sword. It's amazing to me today how many people want to be in the limelight, but they never want to serve. Amen. 
They don't want to carry the armor. They don't want to carry the sword of someone else. They just want to be able to do their own. But I want to submit to you today that, that real Christianity is servanthood. And it doesn't matter how far up, quote unquote, that, that you become in leadership, you always should be a servant leader. Amen? Give a person a title, a position, without being proven, and it will cause you to look like someone that is foolish. In other words, it's foolish to give somebody a sword that you have not learned their heart. If you want to find someone's real heart, watch how they serve. If they cannot serve, I promise you they will not protect. Amen. If they will not serve, they will not protect you. When the hard time comes, when the push comes to shove, when, it, when the pressure's on, they'll cave and they'll use the sword to destroy you. We need armor bearers in the church today. We need people that you can trust today. We need people to serve. Amen. My mom and dad was great examples of that. My dad would be the lead pastor and you don't see this and I don't even know how many recognize it, but you don't see this, but he resigned here as lead pastor and went to cleaning commodes. Lead pastors don't do that when they retire. Unless you have a servant's heart. Amen. You don't forget where you came from. You don't forget that it is God that you're serving and you're serving people and you're serving one another. Huh? And so it don't matter about the title. It's concerning that you are doing the will of God <laughs> in your life no matter what. Amen. In other words, like this, if God has called you to, to children's ministry, you know, and, and, and I'm just pastoring here for a minute, but if, if God has called you to something specific, a children's ministry, and that's what God's put in your heart to do, then, then there is no promotion above that. Unfortunately, in the circles of Christendom, we, we don't understand that. We, we think that the pastor, you know, when it, you know, well, if they're doing children's ministry or they're doing student ministry, well, one day whenever they grow up and one day whenever they get, you know, more, then they'll, they, they'll become a lead pastor somewhere. But, but when God has called you to something, there isn't no uh, promotion outside of that. Not to say that if you're children's ministry or student ministry, you won't one day serve in that position. But what I'm saying is, is you've got to understand that where you, God has placed you, what he's called you to do. I've seen a lot of folks. I've seen worship leaders that tried to become, and I'm not saying you can't, but I'm just saying I've seen worship leaders that was excellent in the gift of leading worship. But then they, they wanted to be a, a lead pastor and it didn't work. 
I've seen people do all of these kind of things. And, and what I'm trying to say is this, is we got to get it out of our head that because we're serving in another position that it's, it's not equal or it's greater than if you're in another position. No, wherever God has called us to serve, if we serve there and serve well, then God's going to bless us where we are. Because we're faithful to him in that. Amen. We're faithful to him in that. 1 Samuel chapter 14 and verse 7. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. I love that. Did I tell you that already? Do all that is in your heart. Go then. I hear I am here. I am with you according to your heart. Amen. Do all that is in your heart. Every once in a while, I'll tell people that. I'll tell Jordan that. I'll tell people that, that I try to help out. I said, do all that's in your heart. I'm with you. I'm with you. It don't matter if, if I can, you know, think that it's a, what it is. If, it, if God has put it in your heart, then I'm with you. I'll serve with you. I'll believe God with you. I'll do whatever it takes to see that come to pass in your life. Because God's faithful. I'm in a season in my life, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a small circle of friends and it's not because I'm all of that in a bag of chips, I've just, I've just found out it's better to be that way. But I'm looking for some people who are knitted in heart. I don't have to have a whole lot of people, I don't have to have thousands of Facebook friends. <laughs> I'm looking for some folks that are knitted in heart that we can believe God together, we can dream together, that we can believe that God can do something exceedingly abundantly above, like we sung here today, that God still does miracles, right? We don't need fair weather friends. We got enough of them. We need companions. We need people that'll knit their hearts together and believe God together and say, we believe that God, whatever's in your heart, let's do it, right? I've got to have some folks that love you when you're in your high highs and your low lows. Hmm? Does anybody want a friend like that? Somebody that'll be your friend whenever you hit the mark, but they're just as much your friend when you miss the whole target. Because you don't need a friend and I don't need a friend that's only your friend when you make good decisions. I need somebody to stand with me when I don't make the right decision. Huh? We need each other is what I'm trying to say. And when our hearts are knitted together, we, nobody purposes to miss the mark. Nobody purposes to make bad choices and bad decisions. But we need somebody that will encourage us in the highs and in the lows, in, in the good and in the bad, and, and committed to one another to say, whatever is in your heart, we'll fight for it. Right? People that are with you no matter what. How many looking for somebody to fight with you? Amen. Two of you. Looking for real relationships. Right? <laughs> we got our. They told me. And I've come to realize. I, 
I, I have a love-hate relationship with that thing and social media, but, but what I've come to call, call it is fake book. It's where people go to brag. Some of their braggadocious isn't, <laughs> isn't real at all. It's a fake world, fake friends, fake relationships, huh? And, and people don't communicate, they don't connect, we don't get close. And I, I guess I'm off the subject today, but I'm just pastor. So anyways, but, you know, nobody even talks anymore, Brother Gary. I told Jordan, the other, I think it's Jordan or Destin the other day, I said, you know that same phone that you text me on can call. <laughs> Destiny in the other room texting me, messing, I get out of here. I ain't even responding to that. <laughs> But we just don't even talk anymore. How, how in the world are you going to develop relationships when you don't communicate, when you don't talk, when you don't know somebody's heart? you got to know their heart before you can go to battle with them. Right? And, and, and so, what, so what do you do whenever you, you... What gives you strength? What gives you hope? What gives you confidence? What gives you faith to step out when everything seems to be so uncertain. I'm going to leave you with this this morning, but the way that I do it is remember what God has already done. Remember what God's already done. Remember, it, it, it is He who, who, who take, took the chaos and caused cosmos to come out of it. It is He that hung the stars into its space. It is he that spoke to the sun and it, and it comes up every morning. It is he that, that put breath into my lungs. Right? It is he that woke me up this morning. It was him that was faithful to, to heal my body when I was sick. It, he is faithful to take care of me when I had financial needs and didn't know where it was going to come from. That he would provide for me financially so that I could take care of my family. It is, it is he that through the years he's been so faithful and he's been, he's been so accurate. And even though it didn't show up and even though it didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. He'd always watch over his word and he would make it happen somehow. And and so it's out of that remembering who he is and remembering what he has done that I can come with confidence into this place that again I don't know how it's going to happen or how it's going to work but I can have a confidence that God is going to make a way where there seems there is no way. I can have a confidence that he is the El Elyon the most high God and he is going to provide a way of escape that I might be able to bear it. I can trust his word that he is, he is going to watch over me his word and he's going to hasten to perform it and whatever I need for this day my daily bread will sustain me. He will provide everything that I need according to righteousness and godliness and because of that confidence I can get up and I can say I'm not going to stay here another day longer. I'm going to get up and go see what God will do. I'm 
going to put faith to action. I'm going to take a risk, a calculated risk, and I'm going to say, God, here I am, and if you don't do something, I'm going to be a failure. I'm going to fall flat on my face, but I'm trusting you that you will sustain me in the day of my situation. I believe it. I believe it. And how do I come to that conclusion? Because God has never lost a battle. Huh? He's never lost a battle. He has never, 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 ever, ever lost a battle. So with confidence, I can believe his word. Well, how do you know if it's God that's put it in your heart? Oh, that's easy. That's easy. A couple of things. Is it contrary to the word of God? If it's contrary to the word of God, then it's probably the devil or your flesh. The second thing you have to ask yourself is, are you able to accomplish it on your own? If you're able to accomplish it on your own, it's probably a good idea, but not a God idea. And there's no need of you praying about it. If you could accomplish it on your own, you'd already done it. Right? But whenever it is bigger than you are, <laughs> whenever it seems greater than what you're able to do on your own, you're in a good place. You know God's put it in your heart. Right? Because he said this, he said, I will give you the desires of your heart. I don't think he's just talking about naturally giving you the desires of what you want. I believe he's actually talking about I'll place the desire in your heart. Because how many remember when you got saved, your desires changed? You didn't desire the same things. You didn't desire the same places. You didn't desire the things that, that was so important to you before uh, salvation became insignificant to you suddenly. Right? Because now God put his desires in your heart. And because he's put your, his desires in your heart whenever you're in these rocking up between a rock and a hard place, you can begin to believe that God puts that there so that you can rise up and slay a, a nation with 600 men. Amen. You can trust him to do it. You can believe his word because he likes to show off. I know some people don't you know, think that's true, but I'm telling you, God loves to show off. He loves to flex his muscles and say, see there, I told you. I'll do what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to watch over my people. I'm going to take care of you. He says this, he said, not even a sparrow falls to the ground without me knowing it, and you're more precious than many sparrows. Amen? Stand with me today. I don't know who I've come to talk to, but this week this word has been impressed on my heart to share with you on today for whatever reason. So I know that somebody here today, maybe it's an encouragement, maybe it's a strength, maybe it speaks directly to you today. Whatever the situation may be, whatever the circumstance is, you can trust God. 
And it just may be that he's waiting on you to take a step of faith, take a risk, calculated risk, and say, God, I'm going to trust you with what I don't know. I don't know the outcome, but I'm going to take faith and I'm going to believe you to do something with this situation in my life. Amen. So if this word is speaking to you today, you say yes over the word in your life. As they sing this morning, I want to invite you to come. I want to join in prayer with you and believe God. I want to say yes, whatever's in your heart. Whatever's in your heart. If you dare to believe it, I want to believe it with you and see God do it for you today. Amen.